Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Today, we're talking about rationalization, a word that I'm just constantly surprised that I'm spelling correctly. So, a few weeks ago, no wait, it was a couple of months ago now, I released an episode on fighting resistance, and honestly, I did think that was just a couple of weeks ago. How did that happen? Anyways, in fighting resistance, I talked about how resistance is the embodiment of the I don't want us, the part of us that keeps us from doing our work, or anything that matters. A big part of resistance comes from our ability to rationalize what we're doing. I'll jump into one task and find myself doing something else, and then my brain will come up with a reason why I need to be watching YouTube instead of working on this week's episode. So in today's episode, we're going to be exploring what rationalization is, some of the ways that we do it, and also some of the ways we can start working on reducing the amount of rationalization that we are doing. If you'd like to follow along with the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash rationalization. Before we get started, I'd just like to invite you to check out the Hacking Your ADHD Patreon. The show is free to listen to, but I put a lot of effort into every episode. So if you love the show, have the means, and would like to support it, I'd appreciate you heading over to hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon and checking out what I have to offer. If you want even more Hacking Your ADHD, at the $10 tier, you can get bonus content every month with minisodes that don't appear on the podcast. So just head over to hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon and find the tier that's right for you. All right, keep on listening to find out why it's so easy to decide that, well, it's going to be okay just this one time, for the fifth time in a row. So the first thing we need to start with is actually knowing what a rationalization is. And when we're rationalizing, it's just our brain attempting to explain or justify our behavior with some sort of reason behind it. For example, I'm in a bad mood because I spilled my coffee this morning. Rationalization is just a way to create consistency in our thoughts and actions. When our actions don't match our thinking, we need to rationalize what we're doing. We use it as a way to justify our actions. The problem with rationalization is that what we consider logic and reason often don't hold water. Often, rationalization becomes a way for us to deceive ourselves and we use it as a defense mechanism to avoid feeling guilty. Think, I deserve to eat the cookie because I was so good on my diet today. Or procrastination is a great example. I don't have to finish my writing right now, I'll just do it later in the day. And, spoiler alert, that usually doesn't happen. Or I might justify buying something expensive because it was on sale, even if I didn't really need it. And rationalization isn't strictly a negative thing. Oftentimes, our rationalizations are perfectly reasonable. Like my example from earlier, yeah, I might be in a bad mood because I spilled my coffee. And it's also okay for us to not feel guilty all the time when we don't follow through with our intentions. But more often than not, our rationalizations are ways to deceive ourselves. And one thing that we really have to watch for is when our thinking comes from self-deceptive reasoning. And I like to refer to this as irrationalization. We get this irrationalization when we're thinking with cognitive distortions. And that is when we are thinking in ways in which our mind is trying to convince us of something that isn't true. When we are basing our reasoning on untrue thoughts, we end up with really bad rationalizations. One of the most common cognitive distortions is polarized thinking, or -or all-or-nothing thinking. When our thoughts are polarized, we tend to think of things in a either-or situation. And when we're thinking this way, it's as if nuance doesn't exist. There's no gray area. I'll get this way sometimes when my workflow is messed up. 
while my ideal time to do writing is from 9 to 11, sometimes I'm going to miss that window. And that's okay. I can do writing other times. But when all-or-nothing thinking kicks in, my brain goes, well, you missed your chance. Might as well play video games all day now. And this is not logical reasoning. This is just my brain desperately grasping at straws to try and get me to do the fun thing instead. And unfortunately, it works sometimes. Rationalizing can also come from the stories that we are telling ourselves. This is a phrase I got from Brene Brown. And for Brown, the phrase is used for working through relationship problems. For example, if my wife comes downstairs and isn't talking to me in the morning, the story I may be telling myself is that she's mad at me. She must be mad at me because I didn't stay up with her last night and I turned off the light early, so she had to come into a dark bedroom and she's mad that I'm not thinking of her feelings. But in reality, it may just be that she's tired. And this is often the case in our relationships. Someone acts in a way that we're not expecting, and so we make up a story in our head to explain their actions. We try to be mind readers. And I don't know about you, but I'm terrible at that. I was recently able to go to an outdoor, socially distanced wedding, and it was great to catch up with friends I hadn't talked to in a while, but specifically it was also great to talk with a friend that hadn't been returning my texts, which he explained that when he doesn't respond to them right away, he gets into his head about, oh, it's been too long to respond now. And, well, I think all of us can relate to that feeling. But in my head, I had been saying that he didn't really want to hear from me. So that's how the phrase, the story I'm telling myself, is presented from Brene Brown. But I think we can go beyond that and address the relationship that we have with ourselves. We all have stories that we tell ourselves about what we can and can't do, and often with these stories, we're setting limits on ourselves. And we can notice that our most problematic stories are the ones founded in fear. And our worst fears are typically related to doubts about our value or lovability. Common ones include, I'm a failure. People don't want to talk to me. I'm not important. Or I'm not lovable. And then we use these stories to fuel our rationalizations. We tell ourselves things like, I'm not going to apply for that position because I'm not qualified, regardless of our actual qualifications. Or, I can't go to bed on time because I have no self-control. Or, I'm not going to amount to anything because I fail at everything I do. And often these stories aren't really based in reality, but they're still the stories we're telling ourselves. So, how do we stop telling ourselves these stories and instead respond to reality? Well, the first step is to recognize when it's happening. Pay attention to how you feel or what you do when you get upset. Use that emotion as a signal to get curious. What do we know is true? Can we challenge any of our assumptions? Breaking through these stories on our own can be really difficult. We like to try and ignore evidence when we can. Journaling can be useful here to get the thoughts out of your head. When we're trying to keep things in our head with emotional issues, it's really easy to fall into circular thinking. Another great option is to talk with a trusted friend, or the person that the story is about. But one of the best options for breaking those stories we tell ourselves is to talk with a therapist or a coach. And hey, last week I had an episode about finding a therapist. Fancy that. It's important that we try and use this phrase, the story I'm telling myself, to help start these conversations. Because while you're still going to have to be vulnerable to have that conversation, using that phrase is a great opening because it isn't accusatory. This is a story I'm telling. I don't know if it's true, but it's still causing me pain. And then you can look on how you can work through this. Alright, so we have some idea of what to do about the stories, but what about all these rationalizations? Well, as with everything, our first step is admitting that we have a problem. Unless we admit that we're rationalizing, we're never going to be able to undo the damage. Fortunately, everyone rationalizes. All. The. Time. It's kind of what our brains do. 
so it shouldn't be too tough to admit that you're rationalizing some things. Like pooping, we all do it, whether we want to admit it or not, so we might as well admit it. And, as I said earlier, not all rationalizations are bad. It's just something we do to help navigate our actions. And we can go from there with, okay, I've been rationalizing my actions. Now I can work on identifying when I'm rationalizing. Part of our problem here often is that we don't know when we're reasoning things and when we're rationalizing. Our big difference here between reasoning and rationalizing is that when we're reasoning, we're trying to apply logic to come to a conclusion. But when we're rationalizing, we already have a conclusion, and we're trying to work backwards to find the logic behind it. Even if the logic doesn't really work. So we can take that adage here, don't jump to conclusions and change it to, don't jump from conclusions. Anyways, so if we can identify when we're using rationalizations, what can we do about it? Well, one of the easiest ways to make rationalizing harder is to have a clear goal. I'll often set nebulous goals because I don't really want to commit to them, and that makes it super easy to rationalize my way out of it. Let's say I have a goal of cleaning my house. (laughs) Whatever that means. I know I should do some cleaning, but I'm also watching some Battlestar Galactica, and I tell myself I can do both at the same time. But then I get sucked in trying to figure out who's really a Cylon, and before I know it, I'm just watching TV, and I'm not picking anything up in my living room. If instead I had a clear goal of what it meant to have a clean house, it would be easier to stick to that goal. When I know what my goals are, I can actually define what I'm doing with my time. I can say that when I finish picking up the living room and loading the dishwasher, then I can turn on the TV. But when the goals are nebulous, it's easy for me to argue that there's no consequences and that, well, hey, it wasn't really a goal. And so to that end as well, we've also got to work on keeping our goals top of mind. It took me years to understand that my ADHD let me essentially forget my goals. When I was setting those goals, it was easy to imagine that I just follow through with them. But then a couple days in, I might find myself focused on something else and, wait, what were my goals again? Point here is to work on ways of not only creating clear goals, but ways that we can keep those goals fresh in our mind. Put them on the mirror and read through them while you're brushing your teeth in the morning. Set up an automatic text to hit you up every morning that will remind you of what you want to be working on. Or put them on your refrigerator so you see them every time you go for a snack. Whatever you need to do to get reminded of them. Because no matter how important they feel right now, that feeling will fade. A big part of this is also making sure we know the why behind our goals. Goals are only as effective as the reasoning behind them. Many goals fail because people don't really have a drive to complete them. Without the emotional investment or excitement behind your goal, you're more likely to fall prey to rationalization. Another key here is also figuring out what your rationalizations are. We tend to use the same rationalizations over and over again. When our brain sees something that works, it latches onto it. We can use this to help fight those rationalizations. So first, when we catch ourselves rationalize something, say the rationalization out loud. When we verbalize that rationalization, it loses a lot of its power. It's easier to see the flaws in our logic when they're out of our head. And then we want to try and keep a list of the ways we're rationalizing. With this list, we can come up with ways to overcome those rationalizations. If I'm rationalizing that I can watch this YouTube video now and finish up my writing later, I can work on ways to make sure that rationalization isn't as effective. For example, I could set my computer to block YouTube during the time I'm writing. Or, heaven forbid, I could just turn off the internet. What's important to realize about these interventions is that they are things I can set up ahead of time. Rationalization preys upon our emotions, and our emotions usually supersede our ability to think logically. Yes, I know I should finish up writing now because I usually can't find time later in the day to do it, but right now, my circumstances are special. This time it'll be different. Well, no, they won't. It's important to remind ourselves that if we change nothing, then this time isn't going to be different. 
Instead of thinking that we're just going to be able to outwit ourselves when facing rationalizations, it's important to try and nip them in the bud before they can even form. If I can't access YouTube when I'm writing, there won't be an argument about watching it. If I don't have cookies in my house, then I'm not going to be able to treat myself for being good on my diet. If there's someone that I'm going to be meeting at the gym, it makes it that much harder to skip going. Our interventions are about predicting where we're going to rationalize and then taking steps to make sure those rationalizations just aren't going to work. We've also got to accept that we're not always going to catch ourselves rationalizing something. We're always going to have days where we find ourselves doing things we weren't planning on doing. It's not going to help to beat ourselves up over those missteps. Instead, we want to treat ourselves with compassion. Sure, we didn't get it right this time, but we can learn from it, and we can try and do better next time. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. Rationalization is our brain attempting to explain or justify our actions with logical reasons. The difference between reasoning and rationalization is that with reasoning, we are trying to apply logic to come to a conclusion, when with rationalization, we have a conclusion and we're trying to make up a reason for it. 2. One way we use rationalization is through the stories we are telling ourselves. We come up with reasons to explain why someone is acting the way they are. But we're not always very accurate in our assessment as to why people are acting the way they are. We can use the phrase, the story I'm telling myself, to help navigate the reality of a story. 3. We also tell stories about ourselves. These are often based in fear and lead us into creating more and more rationalizations. Use getting upset as a signal to get curious and explore these stories. And remember, you don't have to do it alone. 4. One of the easiest ways to make rationalizing harder is to have a clear goal. This means knowing what the goal is and also knowing the reason behind the goal. Since we have ADHD, we've also got to work on making sure that we are creating reminders about what our goals are. Just because a goal feels important when we make it doesn't mean we're going to remember why we're doing it two weeks from now. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HackingYourADHD, or you can connect with me over at HackingYourADHD.com slash contact. For the show notes, you can go to HackingYourADHD.com slash rationalization. If you're this far into the end of the show, you might also be interested in the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out ADHD Rewired with Eric Tiveris. If you're a parent with ADHD or have a child with ADHD, definitely check out Brendan Mahan Show, ADHD Essentials. I also do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. All right, and now for your moment of dad. Of all the inventions over the last hundred years, the dry erase board has to be the most remarkable. <laughs> <laughs>